0: Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish on You earlier podcast. We're here again with our guest host, uh, Linda Pham, and we thought we'd have a discussion on on money. Um, More importantly, salary negotiation. So for those of you who are uh, in the job search and you happen to land a role, land an offer, sometimes the topic comes up as like, well, should I negotiate my, my salary? So uh, we thought we'd have an interesting discussion and, and kind of talk a little bit about uh, do's and don'ts and things like that. Um, yeah, so, so, so we'll have the conversation. Now, Now, I want to start off a little bit where I, I don't really like the term kind of salary negotiation right? Because generally in a negotiation, there's uh, some uh, one side can give more or take more, right? But but if you're a, a person that is uh, on the job and you got selected uh, for the role, like uh, what are you negotiating? You, you can't actually like, do more or say, well, I was actually going to only start working at like 80%, <laughs> but now I'm going to work at 100% if you give me more money. So I, I would prefer to to talk a little bit more about like realigning value or, or like the understanding like the data set because sometimes the company doesn't know what what the market value is um and and they might just uh, need a little more information or based on your education or circumstances things like that um so so that's one thing that i want to caveat uh, w- what about your thoughts are, are any kind of like um initial initial thoughts that you'd have in terms of like salary negotiation or the discussion of 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 what the starting salary might be
1: but wow, you should always give it 100% <laughs>
0: <laughs> for sure <laughs>
1: um I think when it comes to salary negotiation it's an open conversation it's a two-way street like you want to find what fits for you you also want to ensure that you're being paid what you're worth mm-hmm. although your net worth isn't always it doesn't always equal to your self worth right it don't tie your identity by how much you make but I think in terms of how much you give in the first conversation I think that's when you should actually try to reach the highest amount for your salary negotiation mm. because later on when you're in a company, your increases are going to be quite incremental. There's that mm. normal regular merit increase and it's going to be a little bit harder to display, you know, that bigger jump because, all right, I guess first secret is that the company needs to, I guess, display some savings mm. and, and that's why they're giving you more opportunities through growth. Um and so when it does come to negotiating, um, I like the word negotiations. I think it's it can be a win-win situation for both. Mm-hmm. It's just I do understand for the employer and the company side that we do have a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more insights. So you might feel like you're at a disadvantage, but that's why research is so important. And I think there is a lot of information out there so that you can prep well when it comes to negotiating Mm
0: -hmm. and you talked about knowing your worth so so that obviously talks about what you just said about research Mm -hmm. and going out there and figuring that out um but 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 how does one do that right so does someone go on like one of those anonymous sites like the the linkedin Glassdoor, pay scale ones and just search for like salary for whatever my my role is in in that industry and stuff like that and should i rely on that as as a source or would there be a a different way that you you'd uh, encourage folks to look at
1: yeah i think The regular websites like PayScale, Glassdoor is pretty good because that's normally self-reported. So it is someone who's like, this is what I am making at this time. Um, But the way, like, it's also interesting to look at what the industry offers. um, Because the way jobs are measured and scaled, it's actually a system that's developed in and it's mainly used in North America and Europe. It's called the Hayes method. Mm. Um, there are different methods out there, but it really looks at your skill, your effort, responsibilities, and working conditions. And then there's also challenges with location as well. Like if your skill set's a little bit more scarce, then they might they might hire more for that region. But I think also with the challenge of remote working, it's also easier to get roles in different places. But it is a good place to look at. And I think also if you're looking at a job description and you're you're sort of looking like, oh, how many points can I do in this job? Um, Like I've done it before. Yeah, I think if I jumped into this, this is pretty good. As opposed to looking at that and you're like, oh, I haven't had the exact experience to do this, but I know that if I was given the opportunity, I could do well. And then some of like, if an entry-level person is looking at a CEO job and they're like, yeah, I can do it. I'll I'll be like, okay, (laughs) Um, let's uh, reset your expectations. (laughs) Um, So I think at least you know, contrasting what you know you can't do as opposed to like hey okay you know what i've done something in the past that i think i'm i'm worth i can do this so yeah i think i'm a little bit rambling here but looking online so sources are good looking at the job description seeing how like reevaluating your ability have you done something in the past and if you were given the opportunity How how comfortable do you feel taking that challenge? Um, And then just the market research where you start finding like certain numbers at an average range Mm -hmm. and just making sure that's aligned with the industry because certain industries might pay a little bit more. And there's, I guess, standards. There's like leading the market, lagging the market, and just matching the market. Those companies obviously match. um, And then if you're Google, you might be leading. (laughs) So yeah, just doing yeah. Google is your best friend. Like you could do a lot of search. I mean, sorry, there's also Bing and Yahoo. I don't know who else used to sure, s- yeah. those search, search engines. But yeah, there's a lot of research out there. And also, I think another interesting one to get salary is it's unconventional. But if you were interviewing for a bunch of jobs and start getting the numbers of the different ranges, and the cell, like the recruiter discloses that to you, you can find where the average kind of lies around. Mm-hmm. So sneak your way, but Still getting the data, right?
0: <laughs> For sure. So, so so, what I heard is, is as you start out your, your journey and, and you have no idea, you have no numbers, Google is going to be a good place to start. So like you said, Payscale, Glassdoor, LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff. And you'll find numbers. Some of them will be aligned. Some of them will be a little off. And then what you need to do is kind of uh, color that with your particular situation, right? So if you're kind of new to the role and just kind of career switching or new grad or something like that, you're going to be more on the lower end than, than, than the average or the higher end, right? Uh, if you're going to like a location uh, and it, as you said, it's a little bit more scarce and things like that, maybe you'll you'll ask for more of the, the higher, even though you, you might have kind of the, the less uh, experience or what have you. And then uh, obviously you're going to have to take into con- consideration uh, like the cost of living and stuff like that, right? So okay. in different metropolitan areas versus a more uh, a rural area or suburban area, then uh, the cost might be a, a little bit different. And depending, as mm-hmm. you said, about like leading or laggard or at the market. Um, some companies pay more. Some people uh, pay less. So just kind of take all those. So it sounds like it's not an exact uh, science. And where it gets a little bit more exact is, is when you get those ranges from the interviews, because that's kind of like an actual data point versus kind of these anonymous sites. Uh, so, so one thing that I want to ask is, and this is a pretty common question, is uh, in, in the interview, uh, the recruiter asks, uh, so uh, how what's your salary expectation? Mm-hmm. Are you for or against providing a number? Because I've heard some people want to dodge the questions, like, "Well, at market rates and things like that." As a recruiter, I've heard it's like, "Well, that's a horrible thing because I want to know whether or not you're even in the ballpark." That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What are kind of your thoughts and guidance about kind of giving the first number?
1: Ooh. So I, I'm very transparent when it comes to the range. I'm actually like, how, and it's it's actually like a it's like poker like you're sort of bluffing like, who wants <laughs> to give the first number right um I re- like I don't speak for all recruiters I speak for my experience but I give the range because I just like being transparent about it mm. and sort of be like is this within your budget and I've had some candidates that are a little bit hesitant on sharing they'll give the standard oh like I'd love to speak about my uh, salary once we get to the final stages. And for me, I'm like, uh, I need to know a number. <laughs> so I might say, well, let's speed up the process. You know, if we do get there, I just kind of know I want to know a ballpark number to work with. Right. And until someone budges <laughs> is what I can work with. Right. So I think it's important that someone doesn't tell me what they're making because you should really be looking at the market. Because when someone's like, oh, well, this is what I'm making right now. And that expectation of what the market is now, it's like, you should really know what you're worth because your skill set is now more rare. And now you're just telling me you might have been with the company that starts on the lower end as opposed to the market rate. So Mm -hmm. um, I think it is, I guess it's important to give a number and then you can or you can I think you can outright just ask the recruiter what is the range for this role depending on the recruiter like myself I will share that if the recruiter there are recruiters who might say I don't know the range <laughs> I don't really believe that because I don't think they would know what to recruit for it is um, a way to eliminate candidates if it is something that might seem out of reach or just shows that that person didn't do their research so I think it's okay to ask questions and be like well this is the research I did and it might be different depending on the industry or what I found online is that a match right having that conversation to check so I'm not sure if I answered your question (laughs) but yeah yeah, I think don't try not to be the first to throw the number out there you can try to ask but if the recruiter is kind of pushy like me <laughs> give a number and you can confirm is that within your budget or ask for something that's really high and be like is this above your range because I would tell the candidate then that this is actually what we have budgeted for the role is that okay with you and if they say yes I'm like okay cool because now you've confirmed you're okay with that number that's
0: good so, so it sounds like a little bit of a dance. That uh, yes. sounds like step one. If you can ask them for their range, uh, you might luck out, and the recruiter is quite ta- transparent, and they give you it. And if if that fails, well, hopefully you have your your research uh, there, and it's up to you and how long you want to kind of uh, dodge the question or defer it in terms of that versus giving you your 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 range. Um, and it sounds like one tactic is is going really high, uh, but I guess it always depends on the particular situation, right? For there are some folks mm-hmm. who are like. Uh, new grads that are looking to break into whatever, they'll just take whatever they they, they can get, mm-hmm. right? Versus, you know what, I've been working for a couple of years, I'm at the the market, maybe a little below market, so so I want to at least add 10%, 20%, whatever it is to what I'm uh, making right now, assuming that's within the market range, or if, mm-hmm. if the market range is way higher, then I'll definitely want to do something uh, to, uh, to that effect, Um mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, recruiters like leaving with a number or a range uh, for, for them to make sure that it's worth their time. Because if someone is whatever, 50 to 70K and, and uh, you're, you're, you only have 40K in the budget, well, that, that's a mismatch, right? Um, mm. And uh, what would you say about the, the kind of folks that are kind of trying to take advantage of folks is, and, and say, you know what, they gave me a range of 50 to 70, but my budget is actually uh, uh, 60 to 100, right? Uh, How many of them will will actually, um, I guess, give the the top of the range versus the bottom of the range or or whatever? What do you think that the psychology is around that?
1: I don't think it's fair if someone does give a lower end of the range, and we know that this is what they're worth, because chances are, if we ended up underpaying them, and they did really, really well, and then they found out that they were being underpaid, that would make them really upset. And then, like I mentioned earlier, to get that increase later on is quite challenging. So that person who's performing super well is likely going to leave. So I would just pay them what they're worth in terms of the market. And when Mm -hmm. we do place the employee is based on experience. So if they are coming in with a high skill set and we know that they can get the ground running and they've mentioned that, yeah, they've done a similar job in a similar industry, can get the ground running, showcase a lot of ideas and supporting Uh, information I would put them on the higher end but also be transparent that hey because your pay is starting a little bit higher when it does come to your next increase like you're either going to be at that next level ready for your promotion and it might be in that team's plan to look at it like hey they're actually going to be ready within six months to a year and we have a rule that we're going to promote them readily into and that's where your increase can be a little bit higher Um, but if they do start at the higher end and then it comes to review time there's no rule it's going to be a shorter increase than it would be when we place them so typically when there is a range like it's that midpoint that we are trying to aim for so if the Mm -hmm. range is between like 60 to 80 then 70 is the middle number (laughs) and then you kind of move up from there right if someone is on the lower end it's because we know that they have a lot of potential but there is a lot of room for growth Um, and so we'll place them in that sense so I think it's fair when we are rating and it's yeah relevant to experience And it is interesting because you're gonna have peers who have the same role. And as much as I don't condone this, it is a good way to also find out salary to (laughs) speak to your peers who do that role similarly, right? And if someone goes, oh my God, like John Doe is being paid higher than she is. Why is that the case? They're gonna get upset, but we did factor in that John might have more experience than like you did. And so I think with that, it's fair, but also know that there are a lot of factors that were considered when when we're trying to, I guess, price the candidates.
0: For sure. In some other conversations I've had with with other uh, recruiters or HR professionals, uh, the discussion went into things like, well, a higher salary or being higher on the salary range also indicates more expectations and and, and responsibility, mm-hmm. right? So if in your example, you're 60 to 80, right? If I'm hiring someone at 60, uh, there's going to be different expectations for someone I'm hiring the same role at 80, right? Because mm-hmm. I expect them to, as you said, like kind of hit the ground running because they're able to do so. And in, in, when they're on the 60 range, eh, I might for give them a little bit more because they might take mm-hmm. a little longer, right? So depending yeah. on, on how you roll, because you might want a h- more high-pressure situation where you're ready to kind of hit the ground running and, and, and work the extra hours and, and just make sure that stuff gets done versus, you know what, I kind of want to ease in the transition and make sure it's comfortable mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So sometimes more money is not necessarily a good thing. So just be aware that that a higher uh, price tag also uh, indicates higher expectations.
1: More money, more problems. More
0: money, more problems, <laughs> for sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on things like uh, base comp? versus total comp because a lot of folks are focused on salary right what is my base salary and that's a big thing but there are things like uh, bonuses uh, signing bonuses and 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 a whole bunch of perks like uh, paid for uh, cell phones and, and and this and that and, and I think uh, some companies are doing like allowances for like uh, work and and stuff like that so so either like a uh, remote working uh, uh, like a we what is it like a we work type of uh, mm-hmm. a s- a setup or whatever uh, okay. what what are your thoughts on on how to Take to consider like all your, your total comp versus just the base salary?
1: Total comp is really important. I think it's individual, like it's based on that. Like it's very subjective. Mm-hmm. And I think that when negotiating your salary, like people are talking about the base, but if the recruiter says, this is what we have budgeted and this is where the base is, this is where you can use that opportunity to get those extra little perks and comps. So whether it's more vacation days, or assigning bonus, because sometimes, you know, you're leaving your company at a time where your bonus payout should have been paid out in March. And because you're leaving, you can get that one time bonus. So a lot of people don't know that and you can actually have that negotiated. Um, Like for myself, I love remote working, I would probably take a job that is more of a hybrid flex model, um, remote working as opposed to a having to be in office because you have to commute having that Mm. freedom yeah so it is something that i considered i know that some people probably do like being in the office they just want that people interaction um but yeah it's definitely a holistic thing to consider like you could be paid a lot higher um but maybe the work culture isn't as great you're Mm. going to be miserable for two years and grinding and you're thinking like why did I do this to myself? I suppose it's a place where it might be a bit lower in pay, but you're getting that growth from your mentors and you like the people that you're working with and you get free lunches here and there, <laughs> <laughs> nice bonuses. So uh, I think people should consider the total comp perspective for sure.
0: For sure, and as you said, it, it's really a subjective thing. Where what's important to you? You want to think about things like remote work, um, benefits packages that, that some companies might pay for, uh, like continuing education, like a, like an like an MBA or or, or whatever it is. Um, and like a question that I've had with some folks: Would you rather get paid um, 10k more or uh, have a shorter or no commute? Right, because like time on the public transit on the highway or whatever like mm-hmm. half an hour an hour each way that sort of thing adds up over time is that worth an extra 5k 10k 50k right you're going to have to figure out what that number is mm-hmm. for, for for you specifically and and uh, you're, it's probably going to change in your life situation too so if, if you're single and have fewer dependents and and, and less commitments and stuff like that uh, mm-hmm. it, it it might not matter uh, cuz you're trying to optimize the the salary part but if you want to get home to the kids the family to the whatever things that you have then uh, mm-hmm. other things might be more important but i think that that's good um g- good insight so what are some other like do's and don'ts that you'd have for folks out there who uh are are in the um kind of salary negotiation world so so maybe maybe we'll start with the don'ts like the things that really kind of annoy you and and, and, and piss you off as, as as a recruiter when someone does this in in, in the salary negotiation part of uh, of the the recruiting side what are some of the don'ts that you you'd you'd, you'd uh, have people avoid?
1: I... Like I mentioned earlier, don't so don't tell me that you are making X Y Z right now because, like now we'll know what you be, what you'll be happy with, and I think then depending on the company you work for, like the hiring manager might take advantage of it, and I want you to be happy with with the number you get and where you're working, and the experience. Um, I also don't like if someone tries to make it like a joke, like haha, like. I'm, I'm ready for that ADK. Like, no, don't do not do that right now. Um, what do you think? Things that you shouldn't do or don't do. Um, I'm like, out right now.
0: Are there any like pet peeves or things that when they're in the process that it kind of irks you or knows you? So maybe it's not a don't, but like, this is not a good way to get on uh, someone's someone's good side.
1: Um, I think more for you to do is just do your research and make sure that when you're trying to negotiate your point, that you have supporting evidence as to why, but also stick to your guns. So I recently actually, so I, I recruit for a lot of sales peeps and sales If you're in sales, you're negotiating, so it makes my job a little bit tougher, but it is a good challenge, and I knew what we had budgeted for the role, and he had asked for like 75 to 85, right, and we were aiming for 72, and he constantly kept pushing for the conversation, which is good. I I don't mind that. I I think it's good that he did that. So that's a do. (laughs) And so he was supporting like, hi, I can bring in this information. I have this year, this much experience. I've hit president's club in my first year, and that's really rare. And I was like, these are really good points. But during the interview process, um, he had areas where a lot of the team had identified, this is a growth, this is a growth area. He's not quite there yet. We've been in this role. So we know what we're looking for. And, you know, if someone was asking this was their range and he kept slipping back, you know, kind of lowering his number. And we knew that our company was his first choice. I had a little bit more leeway. It's almost like playing poker. Like I was saying, like I knew he was (laughs) bluffing because I was like, okay, if you had something ready, you could have just left, but you're still around. You've waited this long for an offer from us. You're still trying to work things through. And so I was able to get actually the number that I was trying to pay him. So he pushed for it, he pushed for it. But I think it was kind of like, oh, you're you're really bending backwards just for us. So I would say stick to your guns when it comes to a certain number that you are aiming for. Um, also, if if you're trying to, target a certain number and you're giving your range so if i'm trying to get paid at 65 and my range i wouldn't say it's like 60 to 70 i would start my minimum as like 65 and go Mm. upward so that way like at least you go in with what you're what you're kind of yeah trying to do oh i just remembered to don't (laughs) okay sure um so a don't is when you're negotiating Like know what you're willing to take and what you're willing to walk away from because if a company gives you a really good offer and you're negotiating back and forth like chances are we chose you because you're the ideal candidate we really want you and now we just want to make sure you're happy and i've had a horror story where this new grad like relatively new i think a couple years out of her career kept pushing for more. She was being paid like at the highest amount, the highest bonus that they could give her and she wanted even more. So she kept pushing for that. The team wasn't having it. They rescinded the offer. That's the worst case scenario. It's like you tried too much and now you don't have a job. And then she emailed back saying, hey, actually, you know, I I want to accept this, but it's too late now. You pushed too hard. So know what, what you're worth and know that this is actually an alignment. If you get better than what you're worth take it <laughs> like <laughs> you know because you're gonna have to know like what what makes sense for you and so if you push a little bit too much you might upset the team so it's a it's a balancing act right so right. if you know if you're willing to take that risk and know that this could happen evaluate all your options because yeah that could happen it's rare but i mean she had her offers ended so <laughs> Yeah, just do be realistic.
0: <laughs> so, sounds good. So so what I took from that, so some of the the don'ts are uh, like, well, I guess a question. like the, the, the question of the salary, can you dodge it? Should you dodge it? So someone like you who is a little bit more transparent, but let's okay. say uh, I encounter a recruiter that's not um, so so transparent. And, and they're pushing for a question, but you said, like I don't want to give the, the first number like mm-hmm. and, and they keep insisting and keep insisting. keep do i keep insisting yeah. <laughs> as well and 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 see who kind of plays chicken first or or, or do mm-hmm. i uh do i actually uh bite the bullet and, and give them a number because this is the research that i did and, and i'm comfortable with that what, what what's your thoughts on that
1: I, I think if you've done enough research then you can give that first number and then just confirm with the recruiter like hey so this is what i found in my market research just wanted to make sure like this said a line does that make sense and if the recruiter says okay yeah that sounds good with me sometimes they just might say okay every recruiter style is different i think it is okay to give a number that because you've done your research on it
0: okay yeah. So, sounds good and and it sounds like from a don't perspective focus more on what what the market is and and and, and all that versus what you're making because it sounds like like oh, i'm making this that has no bearing necessarily on what this role or what the market will bear and all that sort of stuff so hopefully there's some alignment in there um and and I from your other example is probably uh, don't be too greedy <laughs> in the sense that <laughs> if she was pushing 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 but she was willing to take another one like i mean that's kind of like t- trying to take advantage And now uh, there's Uh, a very thin line between that because i'm sure uh in that process uh she had her range and you're probably on the high end of her range and yet she was asking for more but she was willing to take it It, it's one of those things where you have to be mindful of of that there's another side to the to the negotiation (laughs) as well and uh sometimes your offers can be rescinded uh as well um and then what what i heard for for the dues are like the the definitely do your research right you want to start with uh the the range as your your minimum of the what you want. So don't put it in the middle, put it as the starting part. Uh, get data and and if not through like the anonymous sites, but through like the, the interactions through the interview process, you'll probably through the, the different folks that you're getting offers from will be able to to kind of triangulate that the range that's there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you have to kind of stick to your gun. So if you have a, a number that you want and, and you believe that that is the, the market rate, then, then, then keep going because uh, you, you can push in and, and potentially get it. And that's probably on, on uh, both sides as well. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a lot of great discussions. I, I know for uh, s- some folks, um, they have this consideration of like hopping around to get more money. So oftentimes with like, like the big four firms or the big five banks or the whatever, like moving from, from bank to bank to like uh, firm to firm, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you tend to get a 10, 20% jump each time. So every couple of years, what are your thoughts around, around that?
1: It is the best way to get a larger increase for sure. <laughs> uh, and I actually wish I did that earlier in my career. Like I was fortunate to get a lot of growth and I guess it looks good in terms of, loyalty and staying in a company. But with, you know, the millennials and Gen Z, I think they're they're aware of that if you jump around and it's also a good way to get experience and growth. That's that's yeah, that, that is how you increase your salary and you do get to learn a lot. So yeah, I I agree. Um, and sometimes so in my last company, I knew there was certain times of how an increase worked. So there's your annual merit raise. There's also a promotion in terms of, if there's a role vacancy and you jump in, that's also a way to increase your salary. The other way is a counter. So say I'm trying to job hop or I'm not happy with where I'm at. And then I get not for somewhere and then you give your resignation to the employer, but they realize you're quite valuable. How about we match your offer? How about we give you a little bit more? And n- being an HR, I knew that, that was one of the tricks to get my increase. So I took it. But when you take that, you have to consider that you don't want to burn a bridge. And so you should probably stay another couple months. Unfortunately, in that industry, it was common for people to get the counter and then get an offer elsewhere. So it was like a nice temporary increase. And then they just still leave. Right, they're not obliged. to still give the notice, so it is a way to get money. I, I do. I mean, because I did it, I, I guess I condone that behavior. <laughs> but um, yeah, that is a, a consideration as well. But then, if you don't want to burn bridges, like know that if you do a set, that you should at least stay and try to stay in that role because that means the company invested to you, in you. But a lot of the times, it's too late. It's kind of like. You're doing that because you have one foot out. You're looking mm-hmm. to leave, and how much will that counter be worth to you? So the reason why I took that counter is because I wasn't excited about the other company I was interviewing <laughs> for, and then until I actually got something that I really, really wanted to work for, the increase was a lot higher. I was like, okay, you can't retain me. Like, there's nothing you can do to make me stay. And a lot of the times, the that employee is already feeling that way. They're like, yeah, I'm already checked out. So this is a nice way to get my my increase up,
0: of- for sure. So a couple of other perspectives based on my experiences, like definitely hopping around is probably a great way to to get, to get more money. Um, but when having some discussions with some other folks, is generally to kind of walk across the street, so to speak, to to go to a competitor or whatever. Uh, the ten or twenty percent is. Uh, obligatory mainly because uh that that premium is is what's called uh goodwill right because in that re- in that company the the year the two years or whatever that you spent there you've uh probably did a lot of favors built a lot of relationships and things like that so that in order for me to to move well i need to at least get paid for some of that right but because when you start with a new company they have no idea who you are no favors are necessarily uh pending for you because i don't know if you're any good i i, I don't necessarily want to trust you this and that now it depends mm-hmm. on the culture and all that sort of stuff but with with uh, previous where you actually uh stayed extra weekends or like did this and that or whatever it is then they know for sure that they kind of quote unquote owe you right mm-hmm. so so that's kind of what that that 10 20 is and at some point like th- there's going to be a ceiling where like well if you don't have the substance and learning behind it just just be aware of it so moving for moving sake <laughs> is different mm-hmm. than moving for the learning and the experience and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff that should be paid for the the movement just because uh you, you have to be be mindful of that and yeah. and on the topic of, of the counter right so i think your situation is slightly different where you really didn't want to you really wanted the counter more than you wanted the other opportunity so in that yeah. case that's more kind of a negotiating tactic but uh, i i'm pretty adverse to to taking counters because if you're already one foot out the door right like they're just bribing you right to stay mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. maybe if you're trying to optimize for money that's a good thing but all the other reasons why you were thinking of leaving are probably going to still be there and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you might as well find that, that good opportunity, the good enough, the great opportunity that's out there and, 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 mm-hmm. and not take the offer. Right. So if you're committed to going uh, go, but in your case, if, if you were really trying to optimi- optimize optimize the salary or the funds, <laughs> that's a different one. Uh, great. So I think that this is a lot of uh, food for thought for folks that are in that salary negotiation process. So making sure that you go out and, and, and do your research is kind of the most important part. And then, um following some of the, the guidance and advice and every context is slightly dependent uh, based on where you are so you're going to have to think through it, and maybe you, you can have a, an HR friend or <laughs> you can kind of <laughs> use as a sounding board to kind of say hey am I approaching this right way and uh, yeah any other parting words or, or thoughts that you want to have on, on the, the discussion for salary negotiation
1: I think in terms of research, there were two sources that I didn't mention. Hmm. Um, Like I know Payscale, Glassdoor, LinkedIn are pretty good. And you'll find that some some companies or some public, usually public organizations post their salary. And then people might be like, why doesn't everyone post their salary? It is still a touchy subject. There are some states uh, in the U.S. that actually have it as a law that it's posted. Hmm. So it actually makes things a lot easier when We do talk about the job because they already know what's expected. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it also does weed out people who just don't read the job description. (laughs) Because I'm like, did you not read this when we were setting up a call? So there's that as well. Um, But yeah, for tech roles, there's actually a website called level.fyi. And it's really good in terms of finding what pay is in tech industries for different jobs. So Microsoft, Amazon, that's all all out there um and then there's also rep view so r-e-p-v-u-e that's for sales so i i guess i'm saying this because i i recruit in tech and in sales so this is an <laughs> interesting source that i think not a lot of people know um and also so i mentioned Hayes is that way that we benchmark jobs there is a mm-hmm. Hayes recruitment website and if you download their book they actually have Every year, they update what the market is and what the range is for that role. And it's nice. Like for me, I'm checking too. I'm like, am I getting paid what I'm worth? So <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool resource for different industries. as one I've seen in accounting, engineering, construction. So yeah, the, the interweb is your best friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds good. Yeah. So those are new sites to me. So thanks so much for sharing. And I'm yeah, sure yeah. that uh, there will be more and more that develop. And uh, if, if you're a listener and have other resources to share, then feel free to uh, comment and, and, and reach out to us uh, to share those resources. But thanks so much, uh, Linda, for having the conversation. And hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. So thanks, Luki. Thanks for joining us on the Swipe Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U. And the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.